Good evening to you. Colossians uh, 2 and verse 7 has the phrase abounding in thanksgiving. Abounding in thanksgiving. This phrase is reminiscent of a great psalm, Psalm 113 and verse 3, that says, From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, the name of the Lord is to be praised. How can we do better at abounding in thanksgiving? We'll notice several helps along the way this evening. Our key word tonight is remember. Number one, remember that thanksgiving is a command. Remember that thanksgiving is a command. Colossians 3 and verse 15, Let the peace of Jesus rule in your hearts, to which you were called in one body, and be ye thankful. Same book, Colossians 4 verse 2, Continue steadfastly in prayer, watching therein with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, as you know, says, Pray at all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. The will of God. And we know what happens if we don't do the will of God. We remember Jesus' words in Matthew 7.21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father who is in heaven. If we don't do the will of our Father, then we can't get there. We can't be with the Father. We can't walk uh, with Him. So let's remember that Thanksgiving is a command. This will help us. This will help us to abound in Thanksgiving. Along these lines, let's, let's remember that God's commands are good for us. In fact, they're exactly what we need. They're exactly what we need. 1 John 5, 3, you recall... John says that the commands of the Lord are not grievous. They're not grievous. Or they're not burdensome. No, they're, they're not because they're exactly what we need. Remember when Jesus gives the great invitation, Matthew 11, 28, 29, 30, He says, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's not that life is easy with Jesus, but we know that what He has for us, His ways are exactly what we need. Deuteronomy 6.24 follows this up back in the old time when, when the Lord said through Moses, now my commands and my statutes, they're always good for you. They're always good for you. And they'll preserve your life. It's, it's especially so today when our focus is spiritual life. The commands of God will preserve spiritual life for us. So let's remember that Thanksgiving is a command. Secondly, number two, let's remember The greatest enemy of gratitude is forgetfulness. Let's remember that the greatest enemy of gratitude is forgetfulness. Now we let our minds go back to Psalm 103 and verse 2. Psalm 103 verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul. You remember that phrase? Bless the Lord, O my soul. Let's not read this incorrectly. The phrase there in Psalm 103, that's not a cry for the Lord to bless my soul. That is us talking to ourselves. We're talking to our soul. And we're saying to our soul, Soul of mine, bless the Lord. Soul of mine, praise the Lord. And then right after after that he says, And don't forget all his benefits. Okay, So with your soul, praise the Lord. And don't forget all of his benefits. As good as the Lord is, 
it's possible to forget him. That's why over and over in the book of Deuteronomy, as they're about to go into the promised land, the, the phrase and, and the ideal, the, the reminder is, don't forget the Lord. Deuteronomy 6, verse 12. You're coming into a, a land flowing with milk and honey, but beware that you don't forget the Lord. Deuteronomy 8, verse 11. Deuteronomy 8, 17. On and on he goes, reminding them, you're going to have a great land the Lord's going to provide. He's going to provide you rich soil. He provides you the ability to work that soil, but beware lest you forget the Lord. Okay. And so let's remember the greatest enemy of gratitude is forgetfulness. Forgetfulness. Okay. You say, well, I have, uh, my father-in-law used to say, he, he said, I, I have a forgetter, and it works real good. Okay. Well, we're, we're here, and we're listening together so we can remember some things, and certainly the one who to remember most of all is the Lord God and his gifts. Now, there's a particular phrase that I really love to latch on to, and it goes like this. Blessed are the ones who can give without remembering and who can receive without forgetting. Okay, I, I like to latch onto that. that. That puts things in great perspective. Blessed is the one who can give without remembering. In other words, just serve. Don't worry about a reward. Don't worry about, about being noticed. Just do your serving Serve at the best of your ability, then move on to the next opportunity of serving. Don't worry about anything else. Blessed is the one who can give without remembering and who can receive without forgetting. Number three, let us, uh, let us remember the blessings and not the bruises. A tremendous, tremendous situation here in um, Acts chapter 27. You remember Acts 27? You remember Paul heading toward Rome, great shipwreck, great storm. And, but the Lord had communicated to, to Paul that there would be no loss of life. If you get everybody to stay in the boat, uh, there will be no loss of life. But the, the, uh, the other people on the ship were getting very fretful. Well, we're picking up here Acts uh, twenty seven thirty three. As the day was about to dawn, Paul urged them all to take some food. Take some food, guys. Today is the 14th day, Paul said, that you have continued in suspense and without food, having taken nothing. Therefore, I urge you, I urge you to take some food. It will give you strength, for not a hair is to perish from the head of any of you. And when he had said these things, he took bread, notice this, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and they all began uh, to eat. Notice how Paul is, is able to render thanksgiving and focus on his blessings in the midst of There's a lot of bruises. Okay, when was the last time you were in a shipwreck? Okay. I mean, these guys had gone without food. His, his co-travelers there, they had gone without food 14 days. Why? Because they were fretful. They were fretful. They were, they were afraid for their lives. They were afraid that if they took too much food that we wouldn't have some later. Paul said, "There's not a, God has said, you stick with me, you're going to be safe. But look at Paul giving thanks right there in the middle of that storm. So a great way to abound in thanksgiving is to, 
is to focus on our blessings and not the bruises. Not always easy, certainly hard. I got out my old uh, sacred selections, scared selections. Number uh, 127 in this old book. Uh, It's titled here. It's strange how that the titles change. You get into a newer book and it's not titled, He Hideth My Soul. But here's the correct one. He Hideth My Soul. And written by Fanny J. Crosby. Y'all know that she was blind. She was blind. But the third verse, look what she says. The third verse of He Hideth My Soul. With numberless blessings each moment, He crowns me. Now just think about that phrase. Here she is, blind, not having the blessings that most of us have, and yet she's able to write, with numberless blessings each moment, He crowns. Not that I've received a blessing now and then, even though I'm blind, With numberless blessings each moment, He crowns. What a wonderful thought, I think. And so let's remember the blessings and not the bruises that will help us to abound in thanksgiving. Okay, Number four, let's remember the list. The list. You say, what list? Well, when you read Ephesians 1, verse 3, there's got to be a list. Ephesians 1, 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Well, even Paul didn't try to, he didn't try to list all the spiritual blessings, but it's good for us to try that. It's, a good, it's good for us every once in a while to sit down and just write out every spiritual blessing. There was an aged man who was definitely not wealthy in, in this world's uh, goods, but he would tell his grandchildren all the time how blessed and how wealthy he was. And he, then he would just name off all of his possessions. And the, the, he said it so many times that they could not forget it. Okay. So here are his blessings. He says, um, I have the forgiveness of sins, Acts 2.38. I have a home in heaven, John 14.2. I have a crown of life, James 1 and verse 12. I have a, a love that never fails, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, verse 8. I have the peace that passes understanding, Philippians 4, verse 7. I have riches according to God's glory, Philippians 4, verse 19. I have unspeakable joy, 1 Peter 1, verse 8. I have a faithful wife and children, Proverbs 31, verse 10. I have friends closer than a brother, Proverbs 18, 24. I have... A song in the night. That's a, that's a different one, isn't it? Psalm 42, verse 8. You might want to study that one as you go to bed tonight. But the writer there was able to speak about how God commands his steadfast love to him in the day and gives him a song in the night. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Sometimes in our scientific world, we let beauty slip through the net. We've got to be able to step back and see the beauty of God. And we've got to remember the list. If we're going to abound in thanksgiving, let's, let's make a list. Let's remember to write out a list. And then number five, if we're going to abound uh, in thanksgiving, 
Let's remember how terrible it is not to be thankful. Let's remember how terrible it is. As we mentioned this morning, being, um, being unthankful is in those lists, those, those despicable lists. Like, like Paul lists in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, where difficult days were going, difficult times were going to come in the last days. And he also and he puts it right there in, in that despicable list of, of grievous sins in Romans 1, 21. You, you know about that. Well, being unthankful is right in the midst of that. In fact, you could say that being unthankful is like a turning point. That if you're unthankful, it's like a, a turning point from going from belief to unbelief. Because there in Romans 1.21, he says, in spite of seeing the creation and seeing obvious design of the creation, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but they became vain in their reasonings and their senseless heart was darkened. Okay, In a very real sense... Becoming unthankful will send us to the dark regions of unbelief. Okay. And so let's remember just how terrible, uh, terrible it is. And it is. You know, we don't deserve not even one blessing in life. We don't deserve it. We're sinners before God. We don't deserve not one blessing. But people often forsake God and go to the alternative. There's only one alternative out there. And that is idol worship. It's idol worship. You don't worship God, you're worshiping something. You're worshiping some, some form of a God, idol. Okay. Psalm 100 is a, is a psalm of thanksgiving. And one of the praises there says, uh, He is God. Know ye that the Lord, the Lord, He is God. He is God. Psalm 115 talks about God being in heaven, and he does, he does exactly what he pleases. Psalm 115, verse 3. Our God the Father is in heaven, and he does what he pleases. Why did the writer in Psalm 115 say that? Because he's setting himself up to talk about idols. The foolishness of idols. That's why he's making that. Psalm 115. What about idols? Well, they have eyes, but they cannot see they have ears they cannot hear. Okay. They have a nose they cannot smell. They have hands they cannot feel. They have feet they cannot walk. Okay. You can't hear a sound from them, but people fall down and worship these idols. Those who do that soon become like them. You see. And so let's remember how terrible it is uh, to be ungrateful. And then number six, Let's remember the expected energy that should come from. Let's remember the expected energy that should come from Thanksgiving. This is a good measurement. Am I really grateful? Well, how much energy do you have for the Lord? Psalm 116 verse 12 is a great question. What shall I render unto the Lord? How does it go? What shall I render unto the Lord? Psalm 116 verse 12. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? Well, obviously there, there's a resolve. There's a, there's a determination in that question. And the determination is sort of like this. I'm going to give the Lord because of all that he has blessed me with, because of all his benefits, I'm going to resolve right now to give him my love, my time, my talents, my money, my life, my all. From this point on, because he has blessed me so very much. Okay. 
energy, energy. I think about, I think about Mary Magdalene. Uh, Mary Magdalene, Luke 8, 1 through 3, it says, Jesus cast out demons from her early on in his ministry. He cast demons, not just one. Okay. How many demons did she have? Was it seven? Was it seven? Somebody should know. Seven? Luke 8? It was more than one demon. Seven demons? Seven. Seven demons. Okay. We often see examples of what one demon can do to somebody. Seven of these creatures in her. Jesus cast them all out. She never left his side. Later you see her at the cross. Later, you see her there on the resurrection morning. She doesn't understand everything that's going on, but she soon does. She soon understands that her Lord is resurrected from the dead, Mary Magdalene. You see that energy she had for the Lord because of how he had blessed her? Okay. It's a natural order of things. For us, when we have an appreciation for something, and something is of value to us, we just want to urge somebody else to, to be part of this, Right? To be part of this. Come along with this. Okay. That's why my brother Denny will ask, are you going to watch that ball game this Saturday? Why? Because he, he, he loves that. And he's, he just, well, if you say no, he's like, well, what's wrong with you? He's, he's urging because he, he has that value. He has that appreciation. He's urging others to come along in that. We do that with things. You seen this video? You ought to see this video. I want you to see this video. You've got to see this video. I want to show you this picture. You've got to see this picture. Have you seen my grandbabies yet? There, there they are. Right? You need to try this food. What food? Well, you bring the food to me and it's, it's, it's green and then it's wrapped in something light green. I say, no, thank you. No, thank you. But, hey, sometime last year, and I don't know who's the source of this. Okay? You know, it's, it's good enough to eat a pig in a blanket. Okay, wonderful. But sometime last year, somebody had a pig in a pig. It was sausage wrapped in bacon. And oh, oh, of course, of course. What are you talking about? That's, that's, that's incredible. That's, hallelujah. You know, that, that's the kind of thing you need. Okay. But anything that we appreciate, we want others to come along. Come along. I've got a blessing for you. Okay. It's the same thing with, with appreciation for the Lord. Being grateful for the Lord. It doesn't, it's not just in a prayer, but it... it it comes out from the prayer. It overflows from the heart. And it just naturally attaches to other people. Come along to worship and let's go praise Him. You know, come along and see the blessings in Jesus Christ. Come along and see this, this purpose of God. Come along and have this hope of heaven. Come along and know what it is to be uh, forgiven of God. This, we're not working here for a secret society. We're not trying to create a secret society whatsoever. This is something that we want everybody to be a part of, if at all possible. See, if we're not careful, we become practical atheists. You know, we say, if somebody asks us, do you believe in God? Sure. Okay. But then there's no overflow of gratefulness that extends. There's no urging of anybody else to come and and and. and there's no urging, there's no involvement of others to come and, and enjoy these blessings as well. Well, Paul says in Titus 1 and verse 16, they profess that they know God, but by their works they deny Him. Okay. And so there's a big difference in singing to the Lord 
and killing the Lord, how great He is. The difference in that and actually spreading our passion toward other uh, people. So we want to abound in thanksgiving. Then we need to remember the expected energy that comes, that should come from that. And then, number seven, we've got to remember the simple necessities. The simple necessities. We're going to abound in thanksgiving. As Paul writes in 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 8, he says, Having therefore food and raiment, let us therewith be content. He's helping us to abound in thanksgiving. And I love what's written in Proverbs 30, verses 7 through 9, where there's a special prayer there. Uh, the fellow there praying, he's saying, Lord, give me neither poverty nor riches. Okay. And he has his reasons. He says, I don't want to become so poor that I'm tempted to steal, but neither do I want to become so rich that I forget the Lord thy God. You see, we've got to remember the simple necessities. Just like the famous nurse who worked in a hospital and when she would get a new patient, she would say, welcome, we're going to get you much better. And then she would always say this to them, to her new patients. She would say, if there's anything you want and you don't have, just see me and I'll show you how you can get along without it. Okay. She loved to say that. Okay. By the way, that's tremendous parenting advice. It's tremendous parenting habits. Tell your children, that's tremendous. I'm glad you want that. Okay, we'll meet here in just a minute. I'll show you how you can get along without that. If we're going to abound in thanksgiving, we must remember the simple necessities. When's the last time you thanked God for a pillow? For a pillow. A good pillow. Doesn't that feel good at night? A pillow and a blanket. Pillow and a blanket. What a blessing. We need to thank God for the water. What about warm water? What about a hot water? Not everybody in the world has the kind of warm, hot water on the spot that we have in our world. Let us remember the simple necessities and let us remember also the giver and the gift. The giver and the gift. You know, the spoiled child, the pampered child, if you take away one of his or her gifts, they're going to pout about the gift. They have long forgotten about the source of that gift. They have long forgotten about the sacrifice and hard work of, of mom or dad or grandma who brought them that gift. Okay. And for us... We need to remember the, the, the giver in that, in that gift. When a young lady gets an engagement ring, she's excited about it. Okay. Not just because of the ring, but because of who it is that's giving her uh, that ring. In 1 Corinthians 4, 6 and 7, Paul is working on, their, on the Corinthians. He's working on their pride. He first says to them, don't go beyond that which is written. Okay. There's great humility in just simply submitting to the Scriptures. 
And then he says, don't be puffed up one toward another. And then he asks him this question. What is it that you have that you have not received? That's his question. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 7. What is it that you have that you have not received? And if you want to argue with Paul and say, well, I've got some things that nobody else gave me. I earned these things. Okay. Argue with Paul, but you'll end up arguing with God. Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18 says that God is the one that gives us the ability to get the things that we get. Okay. We said this morning, whatever you do in this world, you're using God's gifts okay, because it's all from God. That's right. And so we've got to remember the giver in the gift. If we're able to do this, then we have such a great appreciation for a wide variety of... You know, they'll be, we'll, we'll appreciate... We'll appreciate the Bible more. We'll appreciate Bible lessons more. We'll appreciate uh, songs of Scripture and songs of, of spiritual songs more. We have, our appreciation just grows and grows the more we realize who it is that's behind those gifts. We're going to abound in thanksgiving. We also got to remember the unspeakable gift. You know what this is. It comes from 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 15 where Paul says... Thanks be to God. Okay. King James Version has unspeakable gift. Others say a gift that cannot be described. All of that is right. All of that is right. It's good to have different translations because sometimes it's difficult to find an English word, just one English word that fits what is being said in the original language. I think this is one of those places. Okay. Unspeakable, yes. Hard to describe, yes. But nothing like the cross will so shape our heart. Nothing like the cross will bring us the kind of thinking and perspective that we need. No wonder Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2, I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And finally, we got to remember God does not throw away his work. God does not throw away His work. Now in Psalm 100, which is a great psalm of thanksgiving, God is presented in, in two big ways. It is He who made us and not we ourselves. And we are His people and the sheep of His pasture. So God is presented to us as a shepherd <coughs> but also as a potter because it is he who made us and not we ourselves. You remember that Paul helps us with this, Romans 9, 19, 20, 21, 22. He says that God is the potter and we are the clay. So in Psalm 100, God is the potter and God is our shepherd. I don't know your experience, but I know that Growing up, every so often in, in school, they would have arts and crafts time, and sometimes they would try to help us to create something of, of, of clay, some, something pottery. Okay. But most of the time it was so bad. Even my sister's work, hers was so bad. It, it was difficult for my mom to say the words ooh and ah. Okay. 
And those kinds of creations that we, that we brought home from school, those, those, those pottery creations, they disappeared rather fast. Okay. I know my mom, she may still have one or two of those, but we, they just didn't stick around. They certainly were not displayed on any shelf. But God does not throw away his work. He's still working on us. He created us. As we mentioned this morning, he wants us to be his child. He wants us to be a full-grown servant of his. He's still working on us. And he's our shepherd. And um, I asked James to lead that song we just were involved in, the 90 and 9. God doesn't give up, ever. There is no give up in God. He doesn't throw us away. No matter what it is that we may be thinking or what it is we may be doing or the ways in which we think we may have failed, God is not giving up on us. He's going to do whatever He can do. He's going to work very hard in His providential care to see that we have opportunity after opportunity to come back home to Him and to grow in grace and knowledge of His will. And so, we look into Paul's writings, Colossians 2, verse 7. He says, we ought to be abounding in thanksgiving. There are a few things that we need to remember if we're going to do that. These are just ten of these things. But hopefully this will help us to be more grateful. In this scientific world, we grow in our knowledge of how things work. But it's also easy to let the beauty of God slip away. Let's keep our minds and our hearts on how beautiful God is so that we can indeed abound in thanksgiving. If you're subject to the Lord's invitation this evening, will you please make that known right now as we stand together, as we sing, Brother James.